Hello and welcome to On Topic Retro, Microsode number four. I'm John Cummins and today we're going to be talking about Solomon's Club. Kind of how these microsodes work if you aren't familiar. It's a outlet for me to talk about a smaller game. Uh, usually so far it's been a Game Boy game, but I would like to in the future do some uh, Game Gear, maybe some Neo Geo Pocket Color, uh, just some different handheld games that are smaller that don't really have enough meat in them to uh, fulfill a full episode of On Topic Retro. So that's kind of how these work. Uh, like I said, today's game is going to be Solomon's Club. And for some of you who are unfamiliar with Solomon's Club and maybe have heard of its uh, uh, NES cousin, Solomon's Key, because um, this is a port of Solomon's Key. I wasn't really sure of that. I, I picked this game up earlier this year, uh, having no knowledge of it, and was kind of under the impression that it was a sequel um, since it came out so much later. This game is not a sequel, though. It's 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 a port. It's not a one-to-one port. It's not a true port, uh, as most Game Boy games are not a one-to-one port of NES. But it's... It's pretty close. There's a lot of the same ideas, a lot of the same game mechanics. It's pretty much the same story for the most part. There's not really a whole lot of, like, uh, I mean, it's an arcade game, so there's not a whole lot of story story, but there's a little bit of the story that you get from the manual. And finally had some time to put into this game over the last month or two, and Boy, is it! It doesn't have a save system, so it's kind of a it's kind of a deal. But it does have a password system, so you can go back and hit the spots where you left off. And it's a fun little game. I was kind of surprised. I hadn't really put a whole lot of time into Solomon's Key. I haven't completed Solomon's Key on the NES yet, but I definitely uh, enjoy the puzzle mechanics of the game. It's it's very interesting. So, that being said, we'll talk a little bit about just the game overview and development of this game. So Solomon's Club, released on April of 91 in the U.S., is developed by Graphic Research. It's a loose adaptation port of Solomon's Key. Um, Solomon's Key was also ported to the Master System in Japan and the PC Engine, but under the name Zipang uh, as a pack-in. So there's not really a whole lot out there about the development of this particular game. And I'm not sure that it was actually even developed by the same people that did Solomon's Key. Yeah, I think that with the success of Solomon's Key, they were kind of just trying to put the game out there. It, this game's seen a lot of success in the arcades as well, not just the NES port. So much so that the uh, <clears throat> the NES would receive a a prequel, you know, even though it came out later called Fire and Ice in the U.S. with a similar style of gameplay. Um, it was very popular. 
not a whole lot on development. That's what I could kind of dig up who did it, what it was. Let's go ahead and move on and talk a little bit about the story. story as I mentioned Solomon's Club but basically it's your task to guide the apprentice magician Dana or Dana I don't know how you pronounce it you know it's a Game Boy game they don't ever say his name on his quest for knowledge and power in his fantasy land of goblins gargoyles dragons and fairies uh, help him learn real powers of his magic wand gain hidden treasure and purchase uh, special powers you find the secret key hidden in each room. Can you conquer Solomon's club and become the first master magician, Solomon? So it's it's a puzzle game. They, they try to put a little bit of story to it. There's not a whole lot. At least you're not saving a princess, I guess, in this time period. But yes, the, the game has you playing as the main protagonist, Dana or Donna. Or Dana. I don't know how to, it's kind of a weird name for a boy. Who am I to judge, though? And yes, in this fantasy land, there are plenty of enemies that are there to thwart you at every turn. And you don't really, you don't have a weapon. So it gets kind of interesting on uh, some of the ways you have to <laughs> have to defeat some of these, these enemies. And just different ways, different things you have to do to avoid it. Kind of later in the game, it becomes more of a platformer than... Uh, puzzle game so really it, it kind of changes and becomes something a little bit different towards the end of the game but that's that's pretty much the story let's move on and we'll talk a little bit about the gameplay interesting game uh, gameplay wise I've never played I, I guess if I re if you really had to say that it was like anything the closest I could think of would be like Minecraft because you can place blocks and, and destroy blocks um, at any given time and really the only way to defeat enemies is by placing a block and destroying it when they're on top of it which will make them fall down and it will destroy them. Sometimes you can destroy an existing block that they're on. Um, some enemies don't move. But some of the enemies will they'll chase you. And, but if you put a block down and then destroy it while they're on top, they'll fall down and they'll die. That's pretty much the only ways, natural ways, that you have to defeat an enemy. Later on you'll be able to get things like fireballs and water guns and, and stuff like that. So there are five levels of difficulty. There's 10 rooms in each level. There are some secret rooms. Um, as I mentioned, there's no save system. Uh, there's only passwords. So anytime you uh, reach a point, if you want to continue... The, good, the cool thing about these passwords is they actually keep your items. Um, 
because at first I was kind of, I mean, you could continue as many times as you want, but I guess you don't want to leave your Game Boy on the whole time. So they, they do give you passwords, and it's nice. I mean, you could come back to where you left off uh, pretty easily. And like I said, if you use the password, you get to keep all the items you collected. Uh, there are shops in each level where you can buy items. There's this certain certain items are almost needed to complete some of the levels. Um, you get a fireball that can be used to defeat certain enemies. Not all enemies, but some. You can get a water gun. This helps you to put out fires that are on the map. Um, fires are usually very inconveniently placed <laughs> on purpose. But yeah, you can buy a water gun and, and they become no problem at all. Uh, you can even buy extra fairies, which the fairies are something that I haven't talked about yet. Um, every time you find... Uh, man, I can't remember what that item is. There's a certain item on the map. It might be a bell. I, I'm trying to think back from my memory. But anyway, there's a certain item you collect... And when you do, there's a fairy that comes out of the uh, exit door and tries to reach you on the map. So you have to uh, basically maneuver around the map to where the fairy will go around the obstacles. And it, once it gets to you, you collect it. And as mentioned, you can buy some of them. And once you get 10, you get a 1-up. Another item is a hourglass that allows you to have more time in the level. Because each level is timed and once you run out of time... You die, so time is very important. Also, depending on uh, how much time you have left on the clock when you complete a level is how much money you earn uh, whenever you complete the level, which comes into play because that's how you shop at the shops is the, the more money you have, the more items you can buy. Uh, you can also buy a hat, which allows for uh, Dana to break blocks with his head with one jump because... The blocks you create and some of the block existing blocks can be broken whenever you jump into them, but it usually takes multiple hits. Uh, you can also buy some shoes, which makes uh, Dana faster, which can also help you because some of the enemies are pretty dang quick. So it kind of helps you maneuver or get around them faster. Uh, and one thing that you can buy an extra life, but as I mentioned before, you have you have more con or you have unlimited amounts of continue, so. There's really no reason to buy an extra life. I would definitely spend money on the other items. Because uh, you can you can ideally just continue. The only thing, whenever you continue, you will lose the hat and the shoes that you bought. So, But I really don't see that an extra life would be all that valuable unless you were close to beating a uh, section of the game. Like uh, going on to the next difficulty. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I know whenever I say making, creating blocks and destroying blocks, it's kind of hard to visualize, but it's kind of just a single screen uh, gameplay map or screen. And you're, you have to create the blocks as your own platforms. Um, you can't create a block underneath you uh, or directly above you. Uh, you have to, it, it gets created above or below the wand or right in front of the wand. So you can create a block right in front of you, or destroy a block that's in front of you. But it is kind of nice. You can you can like make a bridge going across a gap by pressing down and creating a block, and it'll create a block uh, below, you know, the next spot in front of you down low. So there are some some different strategies you can use. But it's a 
it's a fun little puzzle platformer. And like I said, towards the end of the game, you're really focusing more on avoiding enemies, creating blocks at the right time to kind of block an enemy. Most enemies can destroy blocks, so it's a... Sometimes you just put up a block as a shield. It's, you know, it's going to get blown up, but a lot of times it will turn an enemy around. So, like, if an enemy's chasing you, you can kind of create a block and it will it'll turn them around and make them run the other way for a short period of time. A lot of times they run back and forth, so, you know, it might give you that extra few seconds you need to get to the next uh, next platform or whatever you're trying to reach or create another block up to escape. Uh, so you could use a block to block a, f a fireball. Uh, if you have a like a gargoyle that's shooting fireballs at you, you can create a block and it will it'll absorb one fireball before it gets destroyed. So yeah, there's lots of ways you can use the blocks. It's a very creative system and I really enjoyed playing the game. And just all the different uh, things you can do with a block. You know, like I said, it kind of reminds me of uh, 1991 Minecraft. <laughs> like I said, it's it is a puzzle platformer. It's not a open world you know game, but I mean it's definitely the same concept. You know, in Minecraft you make blocks. You try to reach different areas with blocks. You just have that building aspect, and that's really what this game reminds me of. Uh, without being you know modern open world, it's the closest thing I can think of. But yeah, like I said, that's uh, that's pretty much it. It's a very simple game at its core. It's very, it's very much a puzzle game that's usually pretty easy to gain the the early concept of, but very hard to master and learn when the best time is to make a block or you know where to make it, how to use it. You don't want to get stuck. Um, you can't jump very far. Usually, one block is about your jumping distance. So. Sometimes you'll get stuck. You can't place a block on top of fire. So you just have to be careful and you have to kind of figure it out a little bit at a time. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. There's I usually try to find some fun facts about the games, but there really isn't. I guess I could have saved the uh, hat and shoes for a fun fact because they don't really tell you what they do. You just have to kind of figure it out on your own. But I figured I'd throw it up in the items because they are something that you can buy. But, uh, yeah, so I guess we'll go ahead and hop out. It's been a quick little episode, but a fun one. And I hope that you guys will want to try to find this game and go play it. It's, it's definitely worth playing. It's just different enough from Solomon's Key to go find and play. It's not a very expensive game. I think it's like 10 or 15 bucks maybe loose. So it's, it's definitely one that you can get a hold of pretty easily. And if you like Solomon's Key or Fire and Ice, this is definitely a, a very competent version of that, uh, especially for the Game Boy. There is a little bit of slowdown sometimes that gets kind of annoying, but I mean, that's just Game Boy. That's, you have to deal with that sometimes. But yeah, so um, I guess we'll get into the outro real quick. week we'll discuss gunstar heroes with a lively cast of characters on the show 
it's going to be a blast uh, against our heroes is a fantastic uh, run and gun shoot 'em up game it's fun I think you guys will enjoy that show and thanks for listening to On Topic Retro it's part of the Retrologic family of podcasts if you'd like to send in your personal experiences for the next show but you're not a part of our discord uh, you can send them to ontopicretro at gmail.com and if you haven't joined the wonderful non-toxic Retrologic Discord and would like to, you can either visit retrologic.games uh, for deal, details on how to join for free, or a lot of times I'll throw the link in the uh, show notes. So if you're listening to this on your podcast platform of choice, um, we're on most, uh, just kind of reach into those show notes towards the bottom and you'll see a link and you can join our fantastic Discord. Lots of Lots of friendly folks in there that are doing the same things that you're doing, playing retro video games and having fun. So go ahead and join up if you haven't. If you don't want to, like I said, you can send me uh, an email. That's just fine, too. Well, that's it for this episode, but stay tuned for more. And bye now. Bye.